0: If
1: you've recently learned you're carrying twins, you may be anxious about your pregnancy, especially after hearing horror stories. You may have had nightmares about being stuck in bed for months, holding tiny babies, or never seeing your waistline again. I'm Joanna Adamzak, a perinatologist at the San Diego Perinatal Center, and I'm here to set the story straight about twin pregnancies. This is Twin Talks, episode number four. The ultrasound shows your babies to be healthy. What? Did you say babies? You're huge. Are you having twins? Are they natural? Which one do you like better?
0: Twins, huh? My neighbor's cousin's brother's uncle's a twin. So
1: can they read each other's minds? How do you tell them apart? Twins? You got a two for one. Do twins run in your family? Double
2: trouble. You're not having any more, are you? At least
3: you're not Octomom.
2: If you're pregnant with twins or you're an experienced twin parent, odds are you've heard it all before. Now it's time to hear from the experts. This is Twin Talks, parenting times two. Welcome to Twin Talks, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Twin Talks is your weekly online, on the go support group for expecting and new parents of twins. So, I'm your host, Christine Stewart Fitzgerald. Have you heard about the Twin Talks Club? Our members get bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. Subscribe to our monthly Twin Talks newsletter and learn about the latest episodes available. And another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Twin Talks app available in the Android and iTunes marketplace. Right now, I'm going to turn this over to Shelly, our producer, and she would like to tell us a little bit about our new virtual panelist program.
4: Hi, so there's a few ways to stay connected with us at Twin Talks. You can follow us on Facebook or on Twitter. We also have our new virtual panelist program. If you want to join in the conversation from home, you can just use hashtag TwinTalksVP to stay a part of the discussion.
2: All right, Shelly. Well, before we get started, I'm going to go around the table today. We've uh, got a full house and uh, introduce our panelists and everyone in the room. Brandi, tell us us about your unique situation.
5: (laughs) Well, I am Brandi Wallace. I'm the mother of two sets of spontaneous twins. Uh, My first set are identical boys that will be four years old next week. And my second set are boy-girl twins that are... Thirteen, almost fourteen months. So, for a short time, I had four children under the age of three, (laughs) (laughs) and I am still sitting upright. Just
4: so (laughs) everyone knows,
2: it's like wow,
4: (laughs) wow. Hi, I'm Shelly Steely. I am a high school history teacher, and I have two children, identical twin boys, Grayson and Sawyer, who are fifteen months old. Um, And I'm Sunny
6: Galt. Um, I'm the owner of New Mommy Media, which produces Twin Talks, as well as Preggy Pals, Parent Savers, and The Boob Group. Um, I'm a soon-to-be mom of twins. I actually have two little boys at home right now, not twins, um, three years old and 18 months, and I'm pregnant with identical twin girls and due here in about another month.
2: Oh, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> so that's- I'm
6: taking notes from all of you ladies today.
2: <laughs> and I can imagine your house, it's going to be the boys it versus is. the girls. So. Yes, right? <laughs> right? Two so I get two, two and two. <laughs> And for me as your host, uh, so I've got my twin girls are now four years old, so they're pretty close to to Brandy's. And then I do have a singleton girl, and she just turned one. Yay! (laughs) So all girls, all girls in our household.
0: When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology-trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file.
2: So before we start today's show, let's take a look at um, one of the news headlines that we have today. I just recently uh, read an article that came out from the New England Journal of Medicine where they were looking at comparing twin pregnancies, the C-section versus uh, regular vaginal delivery. Um, and this was done um, across, I think, 60 different countries with uh, close to 1,400 different twin moms. So it's pretty extensive. Um, and they're looking at to see, well, you know, what's the overall outcome of twin pregnancies, C-section versus vaginal? Is there a benefit to having a C-section or vaginal, and it came out that um, it was eventually, essentially, the same um, when it came to morbidity rate. Right? May I turn it over to our expert today? Do you, I mean? Do you have any comments about um, you know what types of recommendations that you might make to your
1: your patients, or what does this mean for you? Sure. Thanks. I mean, it's wonderful that a study like this got published in the New England Journal of Medicine, a very reputable um, journal as far as the medical community is concerned. Um, and the fact that they showed, basically, information that we have known—that vaginal delivery is absolutely safe in twin pregnancies—and um, I think it should be highlighted that it, yes, it doesn't apply to all twins. You know, it really matters whether baby A, so the first baby, is in the head down position, um, and if baby A is in the head down position, then absolutely, you know vaginal delivery is always in my opinion safest for mom and safest for baby.
2: That's great news because I, I know some moms and I know we're going to get into this later on but um, often we're, we're under the impression that if you have twins it's it's not even an option to have a vaginal birth. So
1: Yeah unfortunately you know I, I get a lot of patients in the office who kind of come in with the with this preconceived notion that oh I have to have a c-section and you know, it's good that we're here to kind of set the story straight that no, you really don't. Yes. So I'm going to go now to our,
2: to our panelists. Um, now, I know um, some of us have had C-sections and, and vaginal. I mean, knowing that there isn't, I mean, with this, the recent uh, news says that there's there's really no difference. Would that influence your decision, knowing what you know now, if you were, I mean, uh, having twins or and, and maybe I'll throw this out too to Sunny. Does that affect you know your decision making at all? You know it doesn't
6: really affect me so much because my I am going to have a C section. It's already been scheduled. Um, but the reason we did that, um, my first baby, my first boy, was a vaginal birth, but we had some complications from that, and they basically said you could be damaged for a long time beyond repair, really, if you have more vaginal births. Um, so my second was a cesarean, um, and, and and it was it was a tough you know, call. I mean, obviously I didn't want to get more injured. So it really wasn't too much of a decision for me to make. It was more like, okay, I just need to do this. Mm -hmm. But I think the process for me of letting go of the vaginal birth, because it was such a good experience. I didn't know that all those complications were happening Mm -hmm. until after. So the actual experience of having a vaginal birth was so good for me. Um, really the process of understanding and coming to terms with having a C section really happened between baby one and baby two.
5: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and
6: so with the twins, um, if it were in the cards, if it were something, if I hadn't had that with baby one, the, the whole issue, um, I definitely would be going for a vaginal birth. In fact, last night, it's so funny that we're talking about this today because I was actually on YouTube and I thought, I'm just going to Google like vaginal birth. And actually, something came up for vaginal birth with triplets. Oh my gosh. Wow. And it was fascinating. And I'm sure you could just Google, you know, vaginal birth triplets on uh, YouTube. Um, and baby A came out um, head down. So everything was fine with that. Um, baby B was breech but they were able to you know bring the baby out and baby c was head down as well and i'm just watching this happening going oh my gosh if she can do this like
2: <laughs> we could do this with twins totally
6: exactly, right exactly <laughs> if
2: she could push three babies out amazing. with two <laughs> it was
6: amazing that you know and it just refreshed my memory about how amazing our bodies are to produce not just one baby two babies three babies whatever i mean it's just unreal
2: yeah yeah I, you know, I, I just think this is personally, I mean, such a great thing. I know um, overall, I mean, here in the United States, I mean, our C-section rate is somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, 30, 30%, and it's, it's been rising. And so there's there are a lot of efforts to just try to reduce that overall. Um, So, I mean, I think it's great within the twin community just just to give that incentive and even just the idea that, hey, you can do it. This this is a viable option. And, you know, just just consider that. And I think, you know, building the support within the medical institutions and the birthing community um, to put it out there. So um, I think that's encouraging.
5: First, the bad news.
2: Today's topic is debunking myths about twin pregnancy. And we're talking with Joanna Adamsack, a perinatologist at the San Diego Perinatal Center, and she's helped many pregnant twin mamas over the years. So... Um so I know we were just kind of talking about you know some of the different myths, um, including that uh, women have to have C-section. But um, so I'm I'm going to go through this this list we have here, and uh, look at some of the things that we've maybe been told or maybe we've read on the internet. We've gotten this some piece of like misinformation. So first thing I have is sometimes we hear that that a lot of twins and triplets, they, they tend to hide out and they're not actually discovered until pretty late in the, pr- I mean, second or third uh, trimester. I mean, is that true?
1: No, <laughs> not really true, especially in this day and age with the quality of ultrasound machines that we have. You know, maybe if you're, let's say, five or six weeks pregnant, it may be difficult to uh, really appreciate if there is a twin or even a triplet gestation. But the further along you get, especially any time after, let's say, oh, 10 weeks of pregnancy, um, a good ultrasonographer or radiology center um, or even our center will be able to pick up twins. So, yeah, they don't really hide.
2: <laughs> they don't really Where, where, <laughs> where they are they, they going to go, really. Where are they going to go?
6: <laughs> Although I do, I do have to say though, and this was about eight weeks for me. So my first prenatal appointment, they didn't, they they didn't see the twins. They just saw one baby.
5: Same here. Yeah. First pregnancy. Yeah. So how far one.
2: along were you when they discovered the second
5: one? Well, I was eight weeks when I went for my initial okay. ultrasound. We saw a heartbeat. Tear shed. Yeah. Lovely moment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then four days later, I had mild spotting. According to the doctor, it was nothing to be concerned with. But being a first-time mom, she knew I was a little yeah. stressed about the situation. So she said, "Just come on in. I'll prove to you everything's okay." Well, what she ended up proving was there was not a baby. Oh,
2: <laughs> oh my
6: gosh! Which, wait, was your husband with you when that happened?
5: <clears throat> okay, so <laughs> he was there for the first visit where right. we saw the one, the one heartbeat. Um, happy day. And then for the second one, he says, well, I'll take off work and go with you. I said, I'm not going to be that girl. You don't need to come for every little hiccup and thing along the way. No big deal. I'll go and I'll come back and tell you everything's fine so he was not he was not there and i have to say i had to compose myself for about half an hour on a park bench before i could mm-hmm. drive home oh my <laughs> gosh <laughs> i know and then uh, when i got home and told him he said uh he, you know, he was smiling and he says ha, very funny nice nice joke <laughs> and i said no i'm not i'm not kidding and he said I mean his face dropped he lost all expression he says I want to see pictures.
4: <laughs> Proof. Proof. So, it, so would it be more common for it, them to not find if they're sharing a placenta, I would think? Because, so, like, mine were to, I mean, I went at eight weeks, and the ultrasound measured me seven weeks, five days, and, I mean, almost exactly. But, I mean, it, there was two circles very clearly right next to each other, but I know that Sunny and Brandy both have identicals that share one, so would that yeah. be...
1: You know, to be honest with you, actually, when they share one, so yeah. identical twins are probably easier to spot because their proximity to each other mm-hmm. is is much closer, whereas die die twins, so non-identical twins, you know, they can have one placenta that attaches at the top of the uterus, one placenta that attaches on the bottom of the uterus. So those are actually sometimes challenging to find, especially like you said, at like eight weeks, I could. Can- Understand how that was probably missed considering you're not really looking specifically. specifically. But those were the identicals.
4: Yeah, so So those two both had identicals that weren't found. Where were they hiding? I don't
6: know. That's (laughs) (laughs) a question.
1: Where were they? Behind (laughs) one another, (laughs) (laughs) apparently. Well, that's why you all, uh, you know, we recommend 20 week ultrasounds (laughs) 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 and your like 11 week nuchal translucency ultrasounds. That's how I found mine. Exactly. And that's usually when we find them. And because, you know, also understanding that when you do your nuchal translucency ultrasound, you're doing it at a center that has very good ultrasound machines. The quality of the images and the resolution is so fantastic and, you know, not to undermine, you know, general OBGYN offices, but you know, the ultrasound machines are just simple. They're right. just little ultrasound machines so that you can see if there's a heartbeat and and that's that that's it. You're not looking for for the detail, for the real anatomy. And so when you come to like a perinatal center or a radiology center there's just detail. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: So hopefully they get that referral early on. Exactly. You know, I yes. try to
4: make sure everybody goes to their nuclear transistor. Yeah. but I do. I, there is a woman I know who um, she saw midwives and she only had the 20 week ultrasound, and that's yeah. where she found her. Twin. Oh, like, my wow. Gosh. wow. Wow.
2: So, <laughs> Dr. Adam Zach, another common misperception that we have I know, like, when we're out in public, you know, a lot of us twin moms, you know, we get the question. Oh, so did you use fertility treatments, IVF? So it seems like there's this big assumption that if you have twins, you must have used fertility treatments. So uh, is that true? Well,
1: you know, the rate of twinning has significantly increased. So while twins are definitely associated with, you know, assisted reproductive technologies, either IVF or ovulation induction, so on and so forth, you know, let's remember that this technology is not all you know it's pretty new 10-15 years maybe let's say but we used to have twins before IVF as well and so not all twins are IVF clearly Um, there's definitely you know other factors that uh, lead to twinning you know genetics age so on and so Honey forth honeymoons honeymoons <laughs> that's right <laughs> yes, yes
2: and i think and i think I now mean, as far as identicals i mean the, the identical rate has remained fairly consistent right there's really no genetic component to that
1: yeah there's not i mean that's just the egg splitting and You being lucky.
4: (laughs) (laughs) We should probably go in on the super lottery together. (laughs) There
2: you go. Here's another uh, myth. We've heard that if if you're going to be pregnant with twins, you're going to have much more intense pregnancy symptoms, like, you know, morning sickness and
1: swollen feet and and the whole bit. So how true is that? Uh, Yes and no. I mean, morning sickness and swelling, I think all of that is so individualized. You know, everybody approaches, you know, a pregnancy very differently. Their bodies react very differently. And it is kind of true, you know, with a twin pregnancy, the amount of hormones that you have, the amount of beta hCG, which is the hormone that, you know, your body first makes during the early part of the pregnancy, is elevated because you've got two babies and usually two placentas. So morning sickness can be a little bit more um, intense with twins, but just as with singletons, it does subside. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily always have to be
2: mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. bad. So now I want to see, I'm going to throw this over to let Sunny, since she's had experiencing both, mm-hmm. have you found it to be different as far as symptoms go between singleton and pregnancy?
6: You know, okay, so I have to preface this by saying that today I'm 34 Four weeks, so i I still have another four weeks to go before I deliver. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, but I will have to say, up to this point, it has. I, I actually think the pregnancies have been easier this pregnancy has been easier than wow. my other two. Um, which sounds crazy, because everyone looks at me and they're just like, I was on bed rest, I was this, I was that, you know, it, You know, at it, 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 the amount of weeks you are. And I'm just like, you know, like, I don't know if it's a mental thing, like, and in my head, um, because, um, you know, because my, my perinatologist, she's like, well, you know, by the time, you know, you hit your C-section day, you're going to be 38 weeks. Like, that's, that's pretty far. She's like, you can have that as a goal, but let's kind of be realistic here. And I said, no, like, in my head like that's when they're coming like I have to I have to think that way you know and I think it's kind of the same thing you know I already have two little boys at home you know my life isn't going to just stop because I'm producing two babies right now it's just not so I think a lot of it for me is a mental thing I did have a little bit of a scare um I don't know, I, I think I was um, right about the midpoint of my pregnancy. Um, and I did, I was feeling some cramping. Um, and I went into triage and they basically said I was dehydrated. And and they gave me some Tylenol and it went away, so I did have a little bit um, of a scare there. But other than that, um, you know, I was I'm, I'm drinking more water now. I'm taking more preventative measures to make sure that that doesn't happen. And um, you know, it, it's just overall, you know, my last baby had gestational diabetes. I don't even have gestational diabetes with this. Oh, I thought wow. for sure. Wow, that's if I had great. it with a singleton, yeah, I was going to get it with twins. Yeah. Not at all. You totally beat the fine. Odds. I totally beat the odds. <laughs> Good for you. Um, and yeah. So so, everything's going well. Now, I don't know, and this is a question for Dr. Adam Zack. Like, these are girls. I don't know if the gender thing,
1: <laughs> you know, and. Well, it plays into the cholestasis. Okay. Absolutely. Really? The gender thing does. Yeah, it's much more prevalent you, in boys. You had boys. Yeah. Yeah, oh, much more prevalent yeah. in, in boys. That's interesting. But as far as girls and. Yeah. No. Nah. Like even my heartburn isn't
6: as bad. <laughs> really? And yeah. there's two in there. That's actually so not I'm thinking fair they're going <laughs> to come out bald. Isn't that <laughs> because isn't that, it's yeah. a hair thing? Yeah. So they're yeah. going to come out bald. I'm convinced.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. No, that's awesome. You know, and I have to say, in, in my you know twin pregnancy versus my singleton, I mean, I didn't really see that much difference. I mean, surprisingly, yeah. my, my weight gain was actually pretty close. Yeah, so was mine. Um, and I think, I mean, the only difference is that I would think with my twins, I did have a little bit more, you know, a in my ankles, Um, but that was pretty much it. So, I mean, I was thankful. <laughs>
6: my belly is bigger, but I am actually a little bit below the weight I was in my last two pregnancies. So it's just, it's a really weird thing. I don't know if it's, be- I'm also not as hungry. Maybe that's part of it too. Yeah, it, it, yeah. well, I mean, because there's less room in there. They're like yeah, I up my on stomach. your stomach. I didn't yeah. gain yeah. very
4: much. I mean, I I assumed I would just like balloon up, but I only gained maybe 40 pounds yeah. about. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I had every side effect in the book though, but that's just kind of how I am. My parents are <laughs> confused. That's how I ended up with identical twins. Because if something weird can happen, it will happen <laughs> to happen me. Happen to <laughs> right? But I mean in terms, I feel of, the same way. Yeah, in terms of morning sickness, I was nauseous. Um, the heartburn was the worst though, I think, and that's because it starts it starts earlier with twins because they more hormones they move up faster, and so I had I was throwing up from reflux for oh. mm. months. But I mean, I don't know, I haven't had a singleton yet. So yeah. <laughs> but it was yeah, but I mean I didn't I wasn't on bed rest. Um, it Good. was really hard for me to move towards the end. Sure. But that's kind of um, what I'm experiencing. Yeah, it's hard I just to move. Just, yeah, just no energy. And, and I didn't have toddlers to chase after, so I could sit on my couch with ice cream and Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> 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 I miss that luxury. You yeah. can't do that now? <laughs> Strangely, no. <laughs> yeah.
5: Well, and as far as my pregnancies, uh, the first pregnancy, I did get morning sickness around the six-week mark. Um, I, think I, oh, I think I only threw up maybe three times total the entire pregnancy. Mine was just constant nausea. Uh-huh. Um, and it lasted about five months. Wow, um, the second pregnancy with the with the fraternal twins, um, the morning sickness was much more intense, and I actually had to take medication for it. Mm-hmm. Again, didn't actually throw up, just constant nausea. Mm-hmm. Um, again, lasted about five months before, yeah. before I could go off the medication. Didn't have a lot of. Heartburn the first time, second time definitely did, was even on medication for that too. Mm-hmm. And um, not a lot of swelling first time. I was I was full-time working the first time, but I made it a point to put my feet up yeah. under my desk as much as I could. Um, second pregnancy, I was not working and was able to put my feet up a lot more with help. At home to take so we can modify <laughs> for the second one. Right. So, I mean,
2: and, and so to, to Dr. Adam, it almost sounds like, I mean, looking at both the twin pregnancy and singleton pregnancy, there's a lot of different factors. I mean, lifestyle, age, and maybe the fact Absolutely. maybe we learn something from previous pregnancies and we modify right. that. So, and I think with
1: your first pregnancy, you're probably more. You know, hyper about everything, and kind of like Sunny said with her, sec- you know, with her pregnancy. Now it's kind of like, oh, she's used to it. She she's been through it. She's expecting the the nausea and the swelling and the this, that, and the other. So, I you know, I think it just all goes back to each pregnancy is so mm-hmm. unique, and you know, you can never compare one to the other. Yes.
2: Okay. Well, you know, when we come back, we're going to debunk more unsettling myths about twin pregnancy, including a look at bed rest. Welcome back. Today, we are with Dr. Joanna Adamzak tackling myths you may have heard about twin pregnancies. Our discussion continues as we discuss whether twin moms should expect to be on bed rest. So I think that was something when I first found out I was having twins that, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be on bed rest. So tell me, how often does that happen? Should, you know... Do you expect moms expect that, really? No,
1: no. They, they, I don't think you should go into a, a twin pregnancy expecting to be on bed rest. Sometimes you may have to be, but recommendations for bed rest are very uh, controversial in the medical community. There are going to be some doctors that strongly advocate for bed rest and others that kind of say hey, listen, you know, you could be on kind of what's called modified bed rest, so kind of decreasing your activities, but you don't actually have to be, quote-unquote, in bed for however many months or weeks. You know, twins are at a higher risk of preterm delivery because... The cervix shortens faster. It's, you know, nobody really knows why, but we just know that twins are at higher risk. And so some people think that bed rest actually prevents a preterm delivery. Um, And again, that's very, very controversial. (laughs) (laughs) I did hear something, though,
6: that so if the twins are sharing a placenta and they're in the same sac... So you know. Not okay, so those sex- are
3: mon- mon- is mono mono. Yeah, mono? Is yeah. mono mono.
6: Okay, so if that's the case, though. Oh yeah, that's are off. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. That's, a, that's so. The I don't to even think role. we
1: should even talk about mono okay. mono twins because they're so well, they're so rare. rare. Right. Exactly. Okay. Um. And yes, when when a a woman is pregnant with mono mono twins, very very high risk and absolutely those twins we um, usually like to admit to the hospital at around, oh. 28 weeks of pregnancy on average it could be a little bit um, more a little bit less depending on how you you know bargain with your perinatologist (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, but yes those twins unfortunately do have to be on on bed rest and it's not really bed rest it's just intense monitoring
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I mean just out of all the patients you see I mean how many of them end up in bed rest oh with twins maybe
1: 30% okay And is that bed rest at home or bed rest in the hospital? It depends, again, on the OB. I prefer, personally, bed rest at home. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, and what I usually always recommend to my patients, and again, I'm not speaking for all my partners, just for me personally, is kind of modified bed rest. If mm-hmm. I feel that a patient is compliant, they're, you know, they're going to be listening to kind of the signs and symptoms of preterm labor, preterm labor precautions, mm-hmm. then I think it's it's reasonable to, you know, maybe be evaluated in the hospital for a few days to see if there is any evidence of preterm labor. And if there's not, I feel that it's, it's safe to be able to go home. Oh, that's great. I'm See, I would happy. want to stay in the hospital because I'd be like, you know, if I go home, I've got two toddlers. <laughs> I stay
2: home
6: in the right. hospital. So it would need to be again, <laughs> that. <laughs> <the hospital.
4: laughs>
1: that goes into, you know, the, the bartering with your perinatologist. Yes. And, you know, and those are questions that we ask patients I would very often to say, hey, listen, if you go home, are you going to be on bed rest? Or are you going to be chasing around kids and yeah. cooking and doing this and the other? And I think moms are very honest with us i hope mm. yeah you know and and we do get a lot of moms who say listen it's impossible for right. me to be on bed rest at home and if that's the case then mm, yeah. you'll be on bed rest at the hospital right <laughs> right <laughs> definitely
2: okay so let's see let's, let's move to the next one having twins means you can't have a vaginal birth so now we did we well, talked i think we
1: yeah, <laughs> now, we, did we, did yeah. that.
2: we squashed that one <laughs> all right
1: <laughs> All right. I like that.
2: (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Another myth we've heard is that twins never go full term to
1: 40 weeks. You know, that one I probably will agree with a little bit about full term. So full term for a singleton is considered 40 weeks. Um, For twins, it really depends on what type of twins you have, identical twins or um, fraternal twins. So if you have fraternal twins, essentially it's you know, a brother and a sister or a sister and a sister just kind of sharing a home, sharing a uterus for a few months. Um, and in those types of twins, when the pregnancy is progressing well, you know, both babies are growing appropriately and there are no other risk factors, you know, diabetes, high blood pressure, studies have shown that delivery between 38 and by 38 weeks, maybe a little bit, you know, 38 to 39 weeks is really the safest. That's when kind of the the morbidity and mortality rate equals that of a singleton at 40 weeks. Um, then when you're going to mono dye twins, so identical twins, those twins share a placenta. And so towards the end of the pregnancy, when you're sharing a placenta, a lot of the blood supply, a lot of the vascular supply will will diminish a lot. And so with mono-dye twins, now what we recommend is delivery between 36 and 37 weeks with um, very close monitoring twice weekly, what's called antenatal monitoring non-stress test, because again, the risks are much different mm-hmm. than for identical twins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I start those now. Non-stress tests on Monday. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. <Kinda laughs> no. that. Well, yeah. I had to
6: have it with my with my singleton, my last singleton, because I had gestational diabetes. Oh. So I kind of I've been there. So you're used that. to it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I families. quite enjoyed it. Yeah,
6: it There's is a lovely nice.
5: recliner in a dim lit room. Yes, it's true. It's true. <laughs>
2: so twins almost always
1: end up in the NICU. Hmm. What would you say to that? Well, you know, if you're pregnant with twins and you happen to get cholestasis, then. Yes, they may end up in the NICU. But, you know, look at um, Brandy here. I'm assuming. And, and weren't.
4: They went straight home with me.
1: Excellent. That oh, yeah. awesome. And I'm assuming Brandy yours were not in the NICU. Right, mine because she made it to a great gestational age, you know, full term. And so it really is, if you make it to full term and babies are growing well throughout the pregnancy, then they don't need to go to the NICU. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're premature, then, yeah, that's why we have the NICU there. We have our, you know, NICU colleagues that are always part of twin deliveries, and they will assess the kiddos and see what's going on and see if they need a little bit more extra
4: TLC. So it really has more to do with prematurity then, than the Absol- twins. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I'm not positive about this, but I think at, at, at our hospital, less than 36 weeks always goes to the NICU for observation, mm-hmm. um, and maybe it's 35 weeks. But I think... It, you know, they, they do like a little closer observation, at least for the first 24 hours, mm-hmm, to see kind mm-hmm. of what the transition is. I
2: think and. a lot of twin parents, you know, they have these visions of these tiny, tiny little babies, like, oh my gosh, and, you yeah. know, like barely hold it. And so I, th- I think it sounded like, hey, you know, for especially for all of us who've had, you know, within these 37, 38, 39 weeks, I mean, these are these are full-time names. babies. Yeah. If, if
1: they have a good weight, then mm-hmm. there's no need to go to the NICU. I mean, the regular um, postpartum nurses can... Really really help you out and assess the babies perfectly well and you know it's not to say full-term babies don't go to the NICU but you know that that's why the nurses are there to kind of assess and and monitor the kiddos and and see if there needs to be specialized care.
6: Yeah Oh, awesome! I've been having this thirty-five week number like in my head for a while. I mentioned earlier I'm now thirty-four weeks, and because I asked my <laughs> perinatologist this question, I'm like, "What really makes the difference between going to the NICU or not?" Because I had heard, you know, a long time ago, they used to just be like, "Okay, babies have to be four pounds, at least four pounds, or they're going to the NICU." And there were, you know, different ways to diagnosis, and and she said it was the thirty-five week mark. I mean, every baby's different. You got to look, you know, because babies could have complications, even like you said, full term babies could have complications but um she said that she noticed a, a big drop off from um a mother coming in at 34 weeks and then coming in at 35 weeks for yes. some reason between mm-hmm. it's something about the lungs there's some so sort of maturity yes yeah going on and so now i'm at the 34 week mark i'm like at least one more week Woo-hoo! At least one more yes. week we can do this and then hopefully the nikki's out of
2: sight yes <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah so okay 35 weeks keep them in there yes Buns in the oven I know. <laughs> thanks so much joanna for joining us today and for more information about debunking myths about twin pregnancy or for more information about any of our expert or panelists visit the episode page on our website and this conversation continues for members of our twin talks club and after the show uh dr adam zach will talk about how we can handle those crazy myths we hear for more information about the twin talks club visit our website twin talks.com Here's a question for one of our experts. It comes from Jamie of Pennsylvania. Jamie writes, the hospital I'm delivering at offers a multiples class. Is this the best type of preparation for having twin babies? Would you recommend taking a twin class like this, or is there another way to better prepare?
3: Hi, Jamie. This is Johnna Rose Feinberg. I'm an IBCLC, mom of twins, and editor of breastfeedingtwins.org. I definitely recommend taking a multiples class at the hospital if it's available. These classes are generally a good source of basic information about a multiple's pregnancy and what to expect after your babies arrive. Many classes invite experienced parents of multiples back to class to answer questions for the expected parents. Class content can vary widely. Some of these classes are more focused on pregnancy-related topics such as diet and preventing preterm labor. Some provide an overview of hospital policies and practices around a multiple delivery at that facility. Some educate parents on postpartum issues, such as breastfeeding and newborn care. Depending on the content of your class, you may want to supplement with other classes on specific topics such as newborn care, breastfeeding, or a hospital tour. You can also reach out to an IBCLC in your area for a private, customized prenatal breastfeeding preparation, if that's not part of the class. Twins clubs and online groups are another great resource. You can join your local twins club or reach out to other moms of multiples online. Local groups often have expectant or new moms meetings you can attend now to get advice from moms who have recently been through the adventure of twin pregnancy, and they can usually offer local resources and referrals. Different groups have different personalities, so be on the lookout for a good fit for your needs. You can also supplement the class offerings with some of the many books about twins that are available. I often suggest Mothering Multiples by Karen Gramada as a great overview with both pregnancy and postpartum information. This is also the best book on the market for information about breastfeeding multiples. Your local Twins Club may have a lending library or a club sale where you can pick up some other books about twin pregnancy and parenting. Everyone has their own favorites, so flip through a few books and see what seems most helpful. Again, congratulations on your pregnancy. Take it easy, keep them cooking, and enjoy this new adventure. Come visit me online at breastfeedingtwins.org for more information and tips.
2: So that wraps up our show for today, and we appreciate you listening to Twin Talks. Join in on the discussion by posting your comments on the Twin Talks Facebook page or by calling our voicemail at 619-866-4775. And don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, the Boob Group for Moms Who Breastfeed Their Babies, and Parent Savers, an online support group for our new parents. Next week, we're going to learn what to expect in the NICU. This is Twin Talks Parenting Times 2.
1: and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider.
6: New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com.
3: You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement.